Hello everybody, Mitch Michaels here and it's time for another edition of the Money Mitch Effect Sports Podcast covering all the topics in the world of athletics. Delighted to have you with me. Today's show is a special one. A one-hour conversation with Matt Zickis works over at NFL Network in the NFL Now department and a lot of different fun projects. We're going to talk about the NFL from top to bottom. It has been a wild wild ride in this season only uh, a couple weeks to go in the regular season we're getting to that thanksgiving time mode of who's good who's bad we break down every division some quarterback uh, situations some good some bad and take a look at this week's slate of games you're not going to want to miss this it's matt sickest on the money mitch effect we went for an hour didn't really plan it just started shooting the breeze and covered everything you need to know including some celebration news as well but it's matt sickest on the money mitch effect let's start the show All right, Money Mitch Effect, back again, long-awaited hiatus, but he is back. Matt Zick is joining the show. I know, everyone was uh, <laughs> eagerly anticipating we return, so we were excited. We were. Yeah. It's NFL season again. You're doing great things over at NFL now, and I wanted to talk to you now at this midway point of the season, Matt, where I know we say every year it's unpredictable, but man... There is such a high middle class in the NFL. We don't know who the great teams are, quite frankly. We don't even really know who the bad teams are. But that middle ground is full with teams. Is there any reason, just off the top, what you've seen this year, as to why we've seen so much more mediocrity in the NFL? Um, I don't know if I would necessarily call it mediocrity. It's, I think, a mix of mediocrity mm-hmm. and some parody. I think there's been so many injuries this year that it's sort of leveled it, the playing yeah. field a little bit. Houston is the first one that sort of comes to mind, losing J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Deshaun Watson. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily think it's any crazier than any other season, but the combination of the injuries and we're missing, uh, I shouldn't say missing, but there's a couple, you know, sort of new teams sort of surging this year. The Eagles out in front, Jacksonville making noise, Tennessee finally coming around. It's just, you know, it's a little different. That's so you all. think maybe it's the teams that are at the top of the food chain this year. We're just not sold on. We just haven't seen them do it, so we're all skeptical. I think that's part of it. And, you know, even look at, like, the Eagles. I mean, it's still a second-year quarterback. He's yeah. playing fantastic, but it's not like, you know, these are guys. It's not Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. There's that human factor of until we see them do it, we're just right. going to be doubtful. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think it takes it's any takes anything away from necessarily the product on the field or the excitement of the games. Um, just a little disappointing with I think some of the injuries and uh, the unpredictability always you know can can muddy the waters a little bit. I think the middle ground and you add to, I should add to that point when you have these Thursday night games and you're just beat up and you have a lot of injuries. That's almost like a guaranteed loss for some of these teams. That's how it's been. Um, but looking at that middle ground and looking at some of the teams there, there's different circumstances for each team. Matt, you see injuries, like you said, just mm-hmm. crippling teams, but also teams slow out of the gate, relying on a lot of young players. I think that has something to do, and, and ultimately new systems. A team like New Orleans, they were 0-2 to start the season. Now they're 7-2. and I think they've definitely hit their stride, but a lot of it was just figuring out this new identity of who they are because this is different than any other New Orleans team we've seen in this last decade. It's certainly uh, like the tale of two teams between how they started and where they're at now, especially with all the Adrian Peterson hoopla. Mm -hmm. You know, Mark Ingram had such a great year last year, then they sign Adrian Peterson, they draft Alvin Alvin Kamara, and 
it just seemed so uh, I don't know confusing a little bit about what the what the the move was and then you know I sort of lost faith in Adrian Peterson a while ago when when I saw that he was going to go to New Orleans I wasn't sold on it for a second no surprise it didn't work out that well I think what's more surprising is to see the turnaround they've had and how well they've clicked really I mean it's 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 interesting to think that uh after those those first two weeks, this team is now sort of the the number one surging team right up they there are. with the Eagles. They are, and I think part of it too defensively, what they've done is just address that god awful secondary with draft pick after draft pick. I mean, it's huge, and you need a big time corner, you know. And I saw that stat where I don't know if it still holds, but they had two of the top six or seven Pro Football Focus cornerbacks in Vicario and Lattimore. No other team has two. The Saints have two. That's just still hard to believe, but yeah, that just shows you that they've addressed their weakness. And ultimately, I think it makes sense. Now, it didn't work out, but you start to see why they went after Peterson because they want to be a power running team. Oh, Ingram yeah. is that guy. Kamara well, I would can still run too. Yeah, say that even you know, no matter how much of a power running team you want to be, Adrian Peterson okay. in his current <laughs> form is not the guy to put your chips on. Marshawn Lattimore, though, you brought him up. Every indication is that he's like a franchise changing. It's crazy player. because I watched though I'm an Ohio State fan. I watched all those games, and you know their secondary's been drafted on a historic level the last couple of drafts. It's going to continue this year. He didn't really take over games like this in college. So part of it is was he getting it? Was he ready to buy in? And whatever the case may be, he's buying in now because as you said, he's. He looks like the one of the best quarterbacks in the game already. We've seen that a lot in the NFL with Ramsey, with Peters, guys coming in ready to just play right away. But Lattimore's right up there. And I put Bell in there as well. They don't really have many weaknesses on that secondary. Now they're the team that when they get the lead, you start to think there's no way the other team can come back. The one, And it's certainly not understated. This guy's not forgotten about. But I, I think even though he doesn't ever play defense and never will, you can't sort of forget his influence. It's just sort of the steadying uh, Drew Brees effect. I mean, mm-hmm. to have a guy like that as sort of your uh, reliable quarterback, it's just, it's you know, Tom Brady has had more success, but you, he's right up there when it comes to stability, accountability, knowing what you're getting, and just sh- sheer elite talent. <laughs> I mean, stats-wise, he's got the yards on Brady. I mean, the guy is just going to go down as one of the top probably three passers. Yards wise, you know, even with the, we're talking about the defense, but I just, I really mm-hmm. think that there is sort of a, an overarching effect on the whole team when you have a steady, veteran quarterback. Right, like and Kamara's just been a great playmaker out of that backfield. <clears throat> Another guy that they bought in early. I didn't really have the best college career, a lot like Lattimore, but they're finding that these guys at the next level can step up. I want to take a second though before we dive into a little bit of last week. With your team, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, let's do it. Now, I'm really glad you're by this week because <laughs> it'd be easier if they were a great team or even a, a terrible team. But the Bears in their current state, man, I, I just don't know how to evaluate them. I'm glad you're here because I see a team that defensively was a lot better than I thought they'd be this season. Absolutely. And they've had some injuries and, they, and suspensions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, and offensively, it's, it's kind of hard to... to understand exactly what you're seeing because Trubisky's playing. He's finally got a game with double-digit completions under his belt, although it came in a loss to Green Bay. 
But the offensive running game, Howard's not what he has been. Cohen's a nice playmaker. I'm still not crazy about John Fox as a coach, but it's a pretty, I wouldn't say run-of-the-mill team. It's a 500-level team, but it comes in a very weird size and shape. What do you think about this edition of the Bears going forward? Is there some real building blocks there? Well, there's absolutely building blocks. As a Bears fan, it's been a very frustrating season, but not necessarily because of the lack of success. It's almost too much success. You wanted to just bottom out? Not necessarily bottom out. It's just yeah. I am sick and tired of seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven seasons. I think they're unproductive. There's no no good comes from stringing together six straight eight and eight or mm-hmm. seven and nine, nine and seven seasons. Just missing out on the playoffs. It does you no good. You know you negatively impact your draft status without the you know the payoff of going to the playoffs. So I'm sort of, you know, more of an all or nothing type. You know, if you're not going to be competing for a playoff spot and, you know, to make an actual run, you it doesn't serve you, a, uh, do you a lot of good, you know, to win seven games. Now, when you have a rookie uh, quarterback or a young quarterback, you want to see what you've got. Did but, you like the timing of the move to bring him in when they did? Did you want it earlier or later? Or? No, nah, sort of indifferent. I mean, I... It's tough. I really wanted to see him play. I wasn't, you know, I was not one of those Bears fans that was upset when they made the moves they did in the draft. I mean, it was kind of whatever. I was, if anything, I was, you know, just, it was nice to see him do something bold. (laughs) Uh, Even if, you know, they sort of had egg on their face, uh, you know, that day, the, the, the criticism. But... Going into the season, I did not want to see them bring him in, period. Mm-hmm. I would rather they just, you know, slog it out with <laughs> Mike Lennon train, yeah. and, uh, you know, take your lumps, win three games, and pick in the top five again next year. Uh, that said, you know, I think there's plenty of bright spots. Jordan Howard's still been strong. Tariq Cohn was a nice, you know, mid-round. Uh, he's shown some moves. Hasn't been as consistent and hasn't had as many touches in recent weeks, but he's certainly shown uh, uh, some some amazing uh, open field ability once he's got the balls and balls in ball in his hands. And uh, like you said, the defense has been extremely. I don't want to necessarily see them playing above their heads, but they've been very feisty and have caused a lot of trouble for <laughs> teams. That's that's an accurate statement. Um, I think Trubisky has shown flashes at times. He's made some good reads. He's yeah. Playing like a rookie quarterback, but he's he's progressing. Though they gotta get someone he him to throw the ball to. I mean, to that's the, the thing. Like not. Kevin White is. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to throw bust I mean, there, but he is a non-factor at this point, and they have no weapons for him. Everyone's gotten hurt. The the other players they have just can't step up. So that's the next progression, and we're not going to see it this year. No, no. But like you said, I I've been now that he is playing, I want to see him do well and. I'm not going to get too caught up in the the stats. I just want to see visually right. ability, and he's already shown you know things we haven't seen from a Bears quarterback possibly ever. Right, just the ability to throw on the run, get out of trouble, find guys when he's improvising. Uh, the the play that stands out the most to me late in that game against Baltimore to set up the game winning kick, he had an amazing uh, pass under pressure to you put did. it in a tight spot to Kendall Wright. And it was, you know, sort of a, a microcosm of the story for him so far. Everything you want to see, uh, the movement, throwing on the run, the improvisation, 
to set up a game-winning kick. And, you know, Jay Cutler's not doing that. <laughs> Mike Glenn is not doing no, that. No, more likely than not. Um, and, and also, he's just a guy that needs reps. Yeah. He didn't play that much in college. Yeah, I think yeah. we need to see him play. More optimism, I would say, with guys like Trubisky, given the fact that you see what Wentz and Goff are doing Absolutely. in year two, that, hey, maybe it's not all. I mean, we can't just slam the book shut on someone. I mean, Goff's progression Especially is historic. I'm still... The Wentz wasn't that accurate, though. If you look at the numbers from last year, he had real accuracy issues, and he's correcting a lot of that. Had a lot of trouble. I mean, Wentz had an extremely strong first month last year mm-hmm. that I think really surprised people. And, yeah, he struggled down the stretch, but like Trubisky now and what you saw with Wentz, you, you at least saw that physical ability. Now Wentz is obviously putting it together a lot uh, a lot more, 8-1 and one Eagles, but uh, you, you saw the, the physical traits, the skills that it takes. It's just a matter of kind of putting it together, and we're seeing in his second year it's working out nicely for Wentz. I have all the faith in the world that Mitch Trubisky can take a similar leap, assuming he gets some talent in that's part of it. And, yeah, Wentz didn't have much last year to throw to either. They get him really some better weapons and, you know, a power running game, and look where he is. All right, Matt Zickis, Money Mitch Effect. I want to look at some of the scores last week and also look at some of the division races. The division I want to start at, probably as deep as we thought going into the season, although the one team that's out had a lot of hype around them, but a three-team race in the NFC South right now. I don't think you can really close the book on the Falcons. There's a lot of talent there. They beat the Cowboys. <laughs> Adrian Claiborne has six sacks in a game. Which, by the way, can we just can we just say one thing? That should never happen in an NFL game. It should game. never happen. Not have to have one player. It should also probably not be Adrian Claiborne. Exactly. That would have been, what would Vic Beasley have done? <laughs> That's what I want to know. But you don't you don't let that happen. It's like a, a hockey player scoring six goals, a basketball player going for a hundred. You got to just make somebody else get After through. After the fourth one, maybe you're starting to think about. Some changes. Yeah. Now they were out. Uh, you know, Tyron Smith wasn't playing. They uh, had, you know, it was Chaz Green, I think his name was, that they had thrown in there to uh, take his spot. He was getting tossed around. He who had already lost his spot in the line earlier in the season. It's just, it was a, you know, sort of a perfect storm. And it, you know, their game plan, the Cowboys' game plan was altered. They weren't didn't have Zeke. Yeah, uh, makes a difference. I know yeah. everyone talked about that line. And how good they've been, and it's true. But when you don't have your, your you know, your bell cow, it changes everything. Yeah, it makes it, it's going to make life more difficult across the board. So they, the Falcons, win that game twenty-seven to seven. That we talked about the Saints destroying the Bills forty-seven to ten as dominant of a performance as we've seen all Absolutely. season on the road in a cold weather. That was, was and one weird of the tougher to places that. to play. Yeah, regardless of the record, Buffalo usually yeah. always brings it there, but not that game. Uh, the Jets and, and Buccaneers, I mean, 15-10, that's Tampa Bay just still... Yeah, I mean, it's a team that's sort of overperformed maybe a little bit in the Jets, and then one of, I would say the Buccaneers, I mean, maybe the most disappointing. I mean, the Jets are, what, four wins right now? They're already at their win total for the what the over-under was in They're Vegas. They're 4-6, and... Uh, that's yeah, what the over-under was about four. There were people saying they could, they could go 0-16. I mean, yeah, I... It's good to see that they're fighting, maybe not for draft pick status, which is going to be hilarious when the Giants draft the franchise quarterback just, and not the Jets. It already <laughs> seems like it's moving that way, and and you know it's going to happen. That's just how these things work. In the Monday night game where the Panthers just, I mean, I'd say embarrassed, but that doesn't do justice to what the Panthers did to that Miami defense. And I know it's going to come down to its cutler and it's, it's all this Franchise stuff, record. My God, that was that was like a seven on seven drill. 
Carolina 45 to 21. We have three teams, not counting Tampa Bay, obviously, that have realistic playoff chances here. Are you buying a certain team more than the others? Is there one team you feel really good about? I know the Saints are at the top of that division, but I wouldn't count out the Falcons. And what the Panthers do when they're on is a great formula for success that has gotten them to a Super Bowl. But who do you like so far in this division? I would say it's less Is there a team I'm really sold on and more a team that I'm not selling off yet. And the Falcons, I still think, are going to be in the thick of things. I'm right the there with you. Weeks. I yeah. know they've... Uh, they've had some troubles. They've lost some tough games, especially at home. They're only five and four. You know, they had a nice win this week against a depleted, you know, Dallas team without their best player. But outside of Kyle Shanahan, it's not that much of a different team that we saw steamroll so many teams last year. Yeah, they're not like well, how they're losing those games early was ridiculous. Yeah, like the Jet, they almost went over against the AFC East. <laughs> the I mean, Dolphins to, beat them in Atlanta. <laughs> opening week, it came down to you know the fourth quarter to, yeah. to take out the Bears. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and you know, I still have a lot of faith in the Falcons, uh, but it's getting tough, and it's going to get tough in there. I mean, it's not it's not a runaway uh, yet, but the Panthers have shown new life. The Saints are world beaters at this point. It's going to be tough. I could definitely see three teams doing it. There is a formula for me where three teams make the playoffs. I'm not saying it's likely, but I'd give it a realistic chance. It, it, it involves the basically involves the NFC West, the Seahawks what, or Rams. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. It would take uh, one of the teams in the West, and you know, we'll see what happens with the Seahawks mm-hmm. without uh, Richard Sherman now. Uh, but I still think they're going to be in the thick of things, just uh, mm-hmm. like the Falcons at the yeah. end. It's going to be. It's gonna be <laughs> Because that's the thing. We looked at the stats before. It's the latest in the season we've gone where four division leaders all were not in the playoffs last year. Only one in the NFC, only one of the six teams that made the playoffs last year, the Seahawks, would make it if it started today. I would sell the Panthers first. I know everybody's high on on this team, but they're still, and this Dolphins game notwithstanding because they're not going to set records each game, they're still, I'd say, 80% of Cam Newton. He's still not 100%. The concern is they ask he's relied on to do too much, especially. Yeah. On Stewart's the getting old. I mean, Stewart's getting old. Is McCaffrey ready to? Christian McCaffrey has not been able yeah. to run effectively all season. He's had some spurts, exactly. shown flashes in the last couple of weeks, uh, but they haven't been able to run effectively. And you can't rely on Cam Newton to be your leading rusher. Uh, I know he had a nice, you know, long run yesterday, <laughs> but. We know what happens when Cam Newton takes a beating. It's not good for the Panthers. They need no. guys around him to make plays. They do, and I would also say too. I mean, they Carolina's defense is good, um, but still vulnerable in that secondary. And honestly, Funches with Olsen coming back, they never really got that other receiver position shored up. They lost another one. Samuel's out for the season, so there's not really that other weapon there. I just think, and they're a good team. I'm not saying this like they're terrible, but. You're playing with some good company right now in the Saints. I just think the Falcons are going to be there. But that NFC West, though, those two teams, the Seahawks and Rams, the Rams, I, I, I almost have to pinch myself talking about the Rams because they're 7-2. and two. Still not sold. I know you're not sold, and we're all kind of there, but the best offense in football know, by a mile in the last month. I mean, I would say that McVay is as big of a lock for Coach of the Year as we've had up until – as early as right now, week nine, they'd have to do some really bad things down the stretch for him not to get it. But Goff just looks like a different quarterback. 
just totally different quarterback. He's spreading the ball out. He's made Robert Woods the number one receiver. I mean, this is as good a development as I can ever remember seeing year one to year two from a quarterback. I agree 100%. Uh, I, to the to the the extent that I thought at points last year, Jared Goff looked so bad, especially for a top pick, uh, that it's hard for me to watch them now and think that it is the same guy. It's Might like, not be. Who knows? I don't know. What Was he a twin... Were they separated at birth? Is this a different person? How because bad does this make Jeff Fisher look? Follow it looks up. real bad because it's a lot of the same guys. I mean, I know they brought in a couple. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins is in. Robert Woods is in. Cup's a good Cooper, third receiver. Yeah. And I want to say it's a different Todd Gurley this season, but he's certainly playing better this year than he did last year. But generally speaking, it's this a lot of the same personnel, and it's not like they're a little better. It's two different teams. It's unbelievable, and I, I think you know it's it, it's all related. We know football is the sum of its parts. With golf playing better, Gurley's going to hit that hole a little harder. The defense doesn't have to carry the team. I mean, it's no more of those nine six you know bloodbath games they're relied on. They have a newfound confidence. I will say though about the Seahawks, it's funny. I wish the Rams could have banked some of those wins over the Seahawks when they weren't good because the Seahawks already beat them in L.A. I know Sherman's out. I know they're just. Bombarded with injuries themselves, but Russell Wilson, kind of maybe under the radar, is looking as complete as he's ever looked as a quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. I think if they can get some rushing game, I still will trust the Seahawks in a big game over the Rams. It's just history. Russell Wilson is one of my favorite players. He's you know. Underneath, I, yeah. I think the last time I was on here, I said my favorite player to watch in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers. He's gone for now. So I'm going to have to go over to Russell Wilson. Uh, but again, it's he takes a beating. They ask him to do a lot. He has you know, been hit as much as anybody in the league. And now with Richard Sherman gone, it's just, I don't know. I don't know about the, this, their longevity down the stretch. I mean, it could work out um, nicely for the Rams. I just wanted to say, as much as I respect how the Rams are, when the lights are bright, I know that the Seahawks will show up. We and that's the difference. This is that's, it. We're nine know, games in now. The Rams aren't sneaking up on anybody anymore. Well, and here's you know one more thing about the Rams. They're, this is their schedule in the next five weeks. They have to play the four best teams in the NFC, the Vikings, the Saints. When they go to the Cardinals, you would assume that's going to be a, a win for uh, the Rams, and then Eagles and Seahawks. Vikings, Saints, <laughs> Eagles, Seahawks for the next five weeks. Those are the the top five teams are the Rams and those four teams in the in the NFC. If if they are the real deal, if they're going to be a force down the stretch, we are going to know in the next. We are starting this week. I can't wait for that. Still chat with Matt Zickus, Money Mitch Effect. That NFC North division, as we kind of go around here, Vikings <laughs> beat the, the Redskins in a very odd high-scoring game where Minnesota was in control or pretty much into the fourth quarter. Redskins rally back, lose by a score there. You mentioned your game with the Packers beating the Bears. And the Lions are just still hanging around trying to uh, remain in it. Is there any chance that, that team, starting with Detroit, you know, can make any noise? Lions, I feel like I'm, I, I come around on the other side. Uh, I feel like the consensus is still that the Lions are more pretenders than anything. But You're the contrarian they're just, they're, Extremely feisty. It's fu- and that's Stafford, right? He is a feisty I mean, quarterback. Just, they He's seem out there, to, he runs around, he, he can sling it. They they always seem to be in it. They have a tendency to make some plays. They've got enough pieces on offense, I think. Well, they barely beat the Browns last. I shouldn't say barely, but they were vulnerable Slow in that game. Of the gate. 
any other team probably puts a pretty big lead. I on think them. Golden Tate is one of the most underrated offensive players in the league, especially with the ball in his hands in the open field. His run after the catch, I mean, he's as good as anybody. I don't trust that defense for a second. Well, no, and that's, that's, that's the, the, the biggest problem. However, uh, it just seems like there's you know there's those teams they just they stick around. They I do. would not be surprised if they were playing in a you know divisional. But you get them in game. this division, you know, cold weather, December. They they usually you know Stafford has a so-so game. A team just controls the clock, and I don't know. I, I think they're eight and eight. <laughs> they have that written all over them. I just I, we're, we almost make the Vikings de facto winners in this division. The last seven games, Case Keenum has outperformed Tom Brady. It's, it's ridiculous, but astonishing. true. Astonishing, absolutely is. Um, the Vikings, though, could get by a lot better with you know a uh, game manager than the Lions can get by right. with a shoddy defense and a fun I mean, I just offense. I just like Mike Zimmer a lot as yeah. a coach. The fact that they have all these injuries and he still gets the team to rally around them. Delvin Cook goes down, and the production actually took, had a slight increase. They went by committee and were still able to run the ball. The Bridgewater story is a feel-good story, but it's not ready for this year with what they got. And with that defense, I, this game is going to be very telling because if they put it on the Rams, it, it, and it could easily go the other way, then you got to start thinking them serious Super Bowl contenders, I would say. It's in Minnesota, which is going to be tough for the Rams. Just traveling from the West Coast, playing in Minnesota in that dome, it's very loud in there. It's it's looks like an amazing place to play and I don't think they've really lost any of their competitive advantage at home uh, but one more thing about Mike Zimmer I do want to say go Redbirds proud Illinois State yeah. uh, there you go uh, so that probably has a lot to do with their recent, right, recent success yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know it is their division to lose at this point the Bears are not going to do anything the Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. Is there any chance they could just stick around and maybe he comes back at the end? Probably not for the Do they division. Get to but play yeah. the Bears every week. <laughs> fair, fair point. Uh, because no, absolutely not. They're just a different team. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is one of those guys who brings other people up to his level. Brett Hundley made some nice throws last week, <laughs> but he's not going to get to play the Bears. Every he's week. not going to get to play the Bears every week, and. They have to expect that he can make those throws more consistently. He hasn't done it yet. It's just it's it's the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with Brett Hundley. I mean, it, they're not. It's two entirely different Packers teams. That's very fair to say. I still. I mean, the Vikings. What they've done. I mean, they look like clear and away winners in this division. But still, anything can happen in the NFL. And then, you know, speaking of Redbirds, I got to give Carson Wentz his just due because what he's <laughs> been able to do with that team. Who would have thought that anybody in this division would be hands down walkaway winners, let alone the Eagles? Didn't think it would be the Eagles, and Carson Wentz did break my heart uh, a few years ago. He beat the Illinois State Redbirds in the FCS title game through a nice touchdown pass with 90 seconds left to give Mm. North Dakota State the lead. I think that was their fifth in a row. Then I saw him at the combine the next year and told him straight up, you know, broke my my heart. heart. Yeah. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Is I think he's up there with the Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers when it comes to the watchability. He's a very fun player to watch. I love seeing him on the move. You know, that the play a couple weeks ago where he sort of escaped, where it looked like there was no way he was going to be getting out of the pile. Oh, yeah, the Monday night game against uh, the Redskins, yeah. You know, that was 
an exciting see, play. You just don't got, see guys do that. I don't think yeah. that is He's got like, some like far slash Elway mix with him where there's yeah. that improvisation skill. Where, just ability to, to get out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much avoid the trouble. It's once it's there, it's getting out of it. Uh, and every indication is that he like is all football morning, noon, and night, twenty four seven. He you know sleeps with his playbook under his pillow. One of those types of guys. Yeah. He's completely bought in, totally invested in football. The Eagles. I like them for the long haul. I would not be surprised to see them playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, they're good. The yeah, it would not be shocking. You, you trade for JJ, you double down on your strengths. Um, I think the only area of concern would be the injuries. Peter's going down. It's a huge injury That's to their line. Extremely tough. So, and Wentz got to stay upright. We know we're just one hit away from another injury to the injury list, and we don't want to, you know, wish that on anybody. But the Cowboys will probably fight for that wild card picture. Redskins. They speaking of a team that's been ravaged with injuries, maybe not the big names, but a lot of a lot of stuff going down for the Redskins. The Giants are just a disaster. I mean, I who who there's a lot of things you don't see coming, but man, I, McAdoo's got to be the first coach fired, and I doubt. I don't even know if he makes it through 17 games now. I know the ownership gave him the kiss of death, but I mean, there it was floating out this week that he could be gone before this Sunday. Uh, I'd kind of be surprised if they bounced at this point, you know, only because we're over halfway through the season. We know exactly where they're going. I know that there can be things to gain by bringing in a f- fresh eyes and, and just mm-hmm. trying to really evaluate what you have for the offseason going into the draft, going into next season. But we know exactly how this is going to work out. It's, yeah, there's no, there's no way he gets brought back. And I know Beckham went down another huge injury. But the defense is uninspired. He's lost the locker room. We can clearly see it. Janoris Jenkins just doesn't show up. I mean, I don't know. It's tough to watch. But, hey, no one's really going to feel bad for Giants fans. I mean, I'm convinced they're going to get the first pick, and whoever they draft is going to be a 15-year starter and go to the Hall of Fame. Of course, because that's just how it works for the New York football Giants. Um, But I do want to switch to the other conference, Matt Sickness, Money Mitch Effect. The team right now, with the two biggest hitters at the top of their division, I should say the division right now, that has the the two top teams. How about the AFC South right now? Who saw them having two teams, none of which are the Texans? You know, I think it was two of the teams that uh, people were looking at before the season that could be sort of, you know, up-and-comers, be in the mix, definitely in the playoff picture. The Jaguars, I swear, could... Go sixteen and zero if they had a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, we knew we knew this was coming. I watched that the game against the Chargers last week was oh, ridiculous. It was like a comedy show, and I know it's not all on Bortles. I get that, but they are a team that is. We talk about you know fiery, feisty, tenacious. They're built on defense. They have tons of blue chippers there, and at times they go a little too far. I think this game you saw Bortles when he's bad and a team going too far. They can muck it up with anybody, no matter how good their skill level is. And that would be what would worry me about a team like this going into a playoff run, is that I don't know that you can rely on them to consistently be there. They definitely have the look of one of those you know, great teams that loses a tough one in the first round. Or gets into a bunch of fights like the Bengals <laughs> have been doing. Yeah. And the Jaguars probably would have lost last week if they were playing any other team. It's just the Chargers are so good at blowing games it's, late. They're always coming up with new ways to do it, that, too. You know, 
if there was if they needed to steal that game at the end, that was the team you were going to do it against the Chargers because no team has had suffered more painful last minute last second losses in the last couple of seasons than the Chargers. Yeah, they, that was the game where uh, a Charger player intercepts it. He's dancing on the sideline while Jacksonville still has all three timeouts. Marquise Lee gets one of the dumbest taunting penalties I've ever seen, and they got another taunting penalty on the interception that was at the doorstep. So, it's, I, 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 look, defensively, they're as good as anybody. Anybody in football. You can say that. Now, Jalen Ramsey's a beast. They have a pass rush. Calais Campbell. He, free agent signing to win Defensive Player of the Year. He already set a franchise record for sacks. He probably did it that first game <laughs> against Tom Savage. But Tennessee, on the other hand, is, is an odd team because they're 6-3. and three. The schedule's been somewhat favorable. But they're beating teams they should. They're not, actually, weirdly, they're not as flashy as they've been in recent years. They're relying more on the running game. Derrick Henry's coming alive. And Mariota hasn't been great, but he's been efficient enough. He's been beat up a little bit, and that's limited him, especially his mobility. But I think DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, is a, a nice little two-headed monster. Hasn't been quite as productive, maybe, as fans had hoped. But, I mean, DeMarco Murray, when he had three touchdowns he last did. week. You know. And that defense was a disaster last year. They're mediocre this year. Step in the right direction. The secondary is still suspect. I mean, Dory Jackson was a nice pickup, but he had a nice getting, little run too. He did, he did. They're getting some pressure. I mean, all these USC guys just <clears throat> coming out of the coming out of the woodwork. Robert Woods, all of a sudden, the number one. I've Juju had enough Smith of the Juju Smith yeah. Schuster antics. I, I you can, can you can go to the back of the news cycle. Again I know. I <laughs> yeah, I don't care about his. I didn't even know he had a bike. Why do I care? I was like if he lost crazy. It? Like I don't need a forty-five second celebration. Just you know, no. let's go. No, um, but this division's interesting. I mean, you know we lost to Sean Watson, and it's tough to see another team, Houston, that just doesn't have anything going in the Colts. Didn't think I'd, fi- I'd, I'd see the day where I felt really bad for Andrew Luck, but we're here because I don't know what's going on in that organization. I've heard you know, the rumors, but if Ursay seriously is going to blame it on this being in Luck's head, I think he should seek employment elsewhere. You know I'm not going to feel too bad for the Colts or Andrew Luck only because I don't think many teams in the NFL, maybe no team, have had more troubles at quarterback Green than, than the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to feel sorry for the Colts. Well, the Browns got, are up you know, there. <clears throat> the Browns are up there. The Browns are the neck and neck yeah. with the Bears. In turn, yeah. At least the, the Bears have had some success in the past 30 years. But when it comes to quarterback stability, yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck... Jim Mercy said before the season that Andrew Luck was going to be playing when the season started. Then it became, you know, three weeks, four weeks. Love these owner timetables. And, you know, it's not a good situation. And I I want the best for Andrew Luck. And uh, I, you know, I want to see the best players always out there on the field. Andrew Luck is one of the best players in this league. It's better when he's playing. But it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to feel sorry for the, the Colts. They could have signed Jay Cutler 10 years ago, traded for Jay Cutler 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to feel sorry about them. The other division I wanted to switch to now, though, is the AFC West, where the Chiefs are not the best team of football anymore, 6-3. and Losing to some good teams in that run, though they do have the only victory over the Eagles this year. But the bigger story is this division isn't nearly as deep as we thought it was. No, not even the, char- close. the Chargers, okay, let's just put the Chargers over there. We expected this team to blow a bunch of close games and be right around where they are. But the other teams in this division, 
the Raiders four and five, and the Broncos three and six. Broncos lost to the Giants. It's gotten to that level, and the Raiders might even be more shocking than them because offensively, it's just not the same. You know, every Raider fan is up in arms, blaming the coordinator, doesn't know what to do. Is there any reasoning for why both of these teams are way way back where they were expected to be? You know, the Raiders to me were that perfect candidate for regression. There's always that team that sort of overperforms the year before. I thought it'd be Tampa a little bit too, so I well, thought that's for... But Tampa wasn't as good, you know, Tampa the expectations were really high for Tampa, but you know, the Raiders were coming off this, you know, sort of magical season that ended in despair with Derek Carr getting hurt, and uh, you know, you knew they had a lot of good players, but for uh, just coming into the season, it was like, if there's a team that's going to regress, the Raiders are, are a great candidate. Now, the Broncos, I wouldn't say I'm too surprised necessarily. Now, I'm more so thinking about the offense, Paxton Lynch never showed anything. It wasn't like he was going to be the guy. Well, I don't even know. I mean, he's not was, healthy? Like, what is he? I guess Paxton Lynch just isn't, isn't ready to play or hasn't shown enough. Didn't beat out Trevor Simeon. That should have right. been our first sign. Defensively, I guess I expected a little more. But again, it's hard when you don't have anything going to move the ball. You have to play two-thirds of the game. I think the last couple of weeks have just been a little jarring, uh, you know, giving up, you know, what, 51 to the Eagles. Mm. Um, maybe the Patriots you, weren't, run them. you weren't expecting uh, maybe the, quite the fall from grace. But, you know, to me, the Chiefs, I'm, I've been a little more surprised at their struggles in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I teams are going to lose some games. They're 6-3. and three. I, To I, me, they've got... Potentially the most talented team I'm still, from a yeah. skill position, just sort of playmaker standpoint. I, I still trust Andy Reid and company to get this team to 11, 12 wins. I'm not too too worried about this team. The Raiders, it's just defensively, I always had questions about their secondary, but well, does, Cooper's regressed. <clears throat> the running game, I mean, I know we, we probably all shouldn't have expected Marshawn Lynch post-30 to just show up a year after playing football and dominate. No, I mean, to me, that was a gimmick from day one. And I know he's had a couple of nice moments, but he's not... Uh, Most, well, <laughs> some nice, some, you know... Some not so nice, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he had a couple scores uh, last week, two weeks ago. We definitely did seem to overhype this division. Um, but one division that still talking about Matt Zekas, Money Mitch effect that we're always just penciling in a team. It's the Patriots and it's the AFC East. And I know they're a good team, but they're really aided by how bad this division is now. The Bills got us early. Even the Dolphins and Jets being a little frisky early, but they're regressing to the mean. The Patriots are just getting warmed up. I don't know enough about this teams on the this team. The Patriots being a legit. Super Bowl champion level just yet, but they're getting there. Their their defense is getting back to just average, and that's all they need when their offense rolls like it's been. You know, I don't think the Patriots are the uh, the front runners in the same way they have been, maybe last year and, and in years past. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they're really here. We are. We're heading into Week Eleven. They're getting better, <laughs> and like clockwork, they're you know rounding into shape. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is 25 years old again. Drinking water. <laughs> Just drinking a lot of water, a lot of water. Oh, uh, man. No strawberries Tomatoes, and lots of avocado yeah. ice cream. Mm. Uh, but no, it's, you know, the defense is playing a lot better. Uh, we couldn't play worse. That's no. a good thing to bring up because that was as bad as the New England defense could have looked. 
The schedule got a little easier. Let's just call it for what it was. Well, you know, new, and now Chiefs, Panthers are a, a good team again. I mean, Martellus Bennett falls into their lap. That was okay. I, I do have a, I do have a, something I want to bring up with that. I don't know what went down with him in Green Bay, but he clearly checked out. And, and I'm not saying he was lying about injuries or whatever. I'm not. You know, I wasn't there. I'm not an insider with either team. But this is a story that's all too familiar, unfortunately, in sports. Is you have the disgruntled, I guess he's a star, but the disgruntled, you know, above average player that doesn't like the minutes he's getting, doesn't like, you know, what's going on around him. Rodgers goes down. He checked out. He wanted to be moved, cut. He was threatening retirement, which I don't buy for a second that he would have retired. That was just a ploy to get out of Green Bay. He's in New England. So I'm just, I'm not a fan of that move. It happens. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Yeah, I want to go to another yeah. quarterback. I'm just, I'm not a fan of the move, but nothing against Martellus Bennett, but. There's, there's better ways to do business. And, you know, it seems, it seemed at the time like he was really hurt. Like Right, and, and now and it's... He, it's one thing to get yeah. claimed by a team after you get cut. It's another thing to make it sound like you can't play, you get cut, and then you're in the lineup for another team that same week. Now, I know he says you know, the labrum's an issue, but to be clear, guys play on torn labrums and get the surgery done. I've had a torn labrum, I think... A lot of when I hear guys are shut down, depending on sort of their style or what position they play, when they get shut down for a torn labrum, I'm surprised a lot of yeah. times because you can definitely Absolutely. play with a torn labrum. Uh, and as a receiver, would not be ideal, but I, I don't think it's you know necessarily something that would shut you down. It it uh, impacts the stability, but I mean you can still perform. It's not really the type of thing that has like a lingering sharp pain i mean there can be some pain mm-hmm. but it's not you know like breaking a limb or a lot of strong pain med- meds out there too to get you well, through especially game. for the pro players yeah. I mean, they got every you know resource uh under the sun i do get worried about the running back situation not from their standpoint but just trying to figure out who the guy's going to be i mean if you're a fantasy football player it's the nightmare but burkett seems to be the guy QLC's fallen out of favor. Dan Lewis, who I've always been a fan of, even when he was on the Browns practice squad, which is ridiculous that he even got off there, but I'm, I'm rambling again. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, he, he's playing well. He's making plays. This team's got a lot of weapons, and Brady's just comfortable being Brady. So enough about the AFC East. It's their division. And well, in the, you know, you mentioned the defense. You look at the, the points they've given up, 16 to the Broncos, 13 to the Chargers. Seven to the Falcons, seventeen to the Jets, fourteen to the Bucks. It's not the issue that it was. No, it isn't. It's crazy how Belichick works. The last division, the AFC North, and here we are. It's Pittsburgh's division yet again. It it really irritates me to my core. But I, I look. This team is not is not perfect for whatever reason, and I don't understand why they have a tough time playing against inadequate, inferior teams. The Colts were right there with them and just chunked, chunked a couple special teams plays and then some blunders on third and long. But nearly blew it against the Colts and they already lost to the Bears. Yeah, and the it's, Browns could have had a week one. That was a competitive yeah. game. No, they don't. Uh, it's Mike Tomlin Steelers teams on the road. That is like their you know their bugaboo. They play down to their competition. You watch the Bengals and you just think, why isn't this imploded sooner? <laughs> that's what I. That's my my takeaway from that I, team. I can't believe that was Vontez Burfik's first ejection. It's crazy to think about for and, a guy and, who seems like he's been suspended for half his career. 
Honestly, I don't know what was said. It didn't look like that was that bad of a thing uh, that he did to get ejected. Um, I still go back to I'm some sure of the hits he's thrown. Maybe just making up for one that he yeah. deserved you know, like years ago. Like the times he just twisted yeah. Cam Newton yeah. and Greg Olson's ankles repeatedly or just Spears. But, yeah, that team is that team is in disarray. Um, the Ravens at 4-5, and five, they could get to 9-7. and seven. Uh, the Not Ravens, out of the realm of possibility. I don't, well, they could, but Joe Flacco is not having he a He looks season. dreadful this year. And, it's uh, weird because I like that running back Collins. I Alex think Collins, I mean, he's you know sort of emerged in the last couple right weeks, now. but the, the Ravens are not going to be in this. I mean, it's the Steelers division. No other teams are coming out of that division. The wild right. cards are not coming out of the AFC North. Okay, but this is a fair question. So we're going to put two in the AFC South, right? Where's that second wild card come from? That's a good question. So you know, that's why I'm saying it's still nine and seven is probably going to be a playoff team after, record. Before what we saw the Saints do, the Bills would have been. The team. They're still five and four. If the playoffs started today, it would be them. But that dismantling last week definitely maybe shakes the Ra- Maybe the Raiders. I mean, hmm. but they got the Pats in Mexico City, so they you have know, to win that Raiders game. stat. This yeah. well, they're, if they beat the Patriots in Mexico City, I would be very surprised. However, the Raiders. You know, we mentioned the the defense before. Zero interceptions as a team. It's hard to do. No other team has ever gone. This far in the season without an interception. Not a single one. That surprises me more than a couple years ago when the uh, Chiefs couldn't get a receiving touchdown. That was like the Chiefs didn't have a single touchdown. Did the Dolphins finally get a rushing touchdown on Monday night? I don't know. I don't think they have yet. They didn't up until the game. I don't know if they scored. I think he got one. I think he might have had one. I'm pretty sure he did. But, I mean, this would surprise me more than either of those things because... It just seems like it's more likely you're just going to intercept the pass. Kenyon Drake did have a touchdown. Okay. So they're all right. Okay. No, not but right? not a like, single like interception. That's I mean, way easier to do, wouldn't you think? Like than physically having to run or throw to someone if it's not your style. I don't know. That that just shocks me. But last team, I saved them for last. The Browns, zero and nine, disastrous team. But maybe some promise there. I, I don't know. I'm still convinced that Sashi Brown sabotaged the McCarran trade. And I still don't think if you put one of these hotshot young quarterbacks there, they look that good because the line sucks and they don't have any skill guys. But who am I to say? I mean, I, I definitely understand any, uh, you know, lack of enthusiasm about the Browns. Uh, but I think there's, you know, some bright spots. I mentioned before David Njoku. I know he's not, you know. But you, you still like him, you think? Only because he's shown some potential. He's had some great catches. He's ex- extremely athletic. He's a big body. Yeah. He, you know, you still need someone to throw you the ball. But he's had yeah. a couple of real nice catches this mm-hmm. year. Duke Johnson. Great, seems great like a, change of pace Seems back. like a good player. Yeah. You know, still all the uh, hope and expectation in the world for Miles Garrett. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then Josh Gordon coming back, which we'll and then, see. And you know, what... Josh Gordon comes back. And then you have, you know, a... An absurd amount of draft picks. So, so I want to ask you this, oh, without getting into specifics, because we're not anywhere near college football season, but if you had, we'll say what they have, two firsts and two seconds right now, what positions are you going after? What what, what do you think the Browns should do personnel-wise to address what they have? Because they have a lot of weaknesses, but quarterback for sure early, do you definitely make sure you come away with the receiver? What would you do? For a team like the Browns, until you are confident that you've addressed the quarterback, you yeah. can't do anything. And I think that's true for every team. And that's why I don't, I didn't have a problem with the Bears doing what they did last year. Right. I, say what you want about the talent that was there, but 
they made a bold move to address quarterback, and the Browns have to do the same thing. Now they're already going to be picking at the top, yeah. likely at the very top. <laughs> uh, does yeah. that mean they have to spend that first pick on a quarterback? Not necessarily. But they that has to be priority number one no matter what. It has to be. Until you have a quarterback, don't. it's rare that we see teams uh, excel with consistency without a reliable quarterback. I know it's a weak receiver class from what I've read, but you can get a, a big impact receiver and a quarterback in the first round. That will be nice. And then still in the second. I mean, if there's linemen out there, you need to address the line because you got to keep the quarterback up right. But I'm with you. they got to get that position right. I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, coming out of the draft last year would look at the Browns and say, okay, yeah, they tried to address quarterback. No, they, they actually of, went out of their way not exactly. to address quarterback. If you go into next season and you haven't, and you don't feel confident that you've at least tried to make a serious attempt at fixing the quarterback no. problem, then it's a failure no Cause, matter what. Because Kessler's a career backup and Kaiser has career backup written all over him too. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, I mean at this point, draft eight quarterbacks. Do I, every it, I, you know, it's funny you say that, but I'm, I'm, that's one of my big you know, hierarchy points in this. I think the Seahawks did it that way. They kept just shuffling guys into that room until Russell Wilson. Now, I know they took a chance on him, but Flynn, you know, Charlie Whitehurst, they were just rotating everybody until they got there. So I agree. You know, Go and, with numbers. Just try it out. People are going to bring up the, you know, the Browns passing on Deshaun Watson. How about every team passing on Dak Prescott? Yeah. The, I, it's not like, you know, you have to be pinned to that first pick. You can still address the position it doesn't have to be the car, first guy car off the bridgewater board. go late i mean car was second round bridgewater was last exactly. pick in the first there's picks uh, there so i think people get tend to get too caught up and i would be just as guilty of you know oh it's got to be the the sam darnold pick like it doesn't have to be it's just at least if you're like him yeah go get him and, and take oh, him absolutely. but if not there are but other we've options seen there. in the last couple of years that it's more about being a good talent evaluator than just drafting you know the Guy that's at and, the top and, of the And honestly, sport. man, if you like, if the Bears were in love with Trubisky, and I'm not saying right or wrong, that's the case that you should have been, but who cares? Down the road, no one will care if he was drafted second overall if he has no. a 15 year career. So you take the guy that, that you want and you just live with the decision because that's what it's going to come down to. Before we look at some games to wrap this up, Money Mitch Effect, Matt Zick is talking NFL. I do want to ask you one thing on a, on a different note. You do a lot of the touchdown celebration stuff with Ike and MJD at the NFL Network. What a year for celebrations. I mean, this has got to be the best year in the history of the series, I would think. At least the most material. I, you know, I would say, I think it's safe to say that I'm a celebration expert. I have seen every celebration in the NFL over the past several seasons. Every single one, I can tell you, like, what guys like to do, what the trends were. I've seen too many damn celebrations. <laughs> So I'm a little jaded because it, I Your mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. earlier. And it's just, you know, I like the creativity, but it's a little too kitschy sometimes. You know, the the hide-and-seek thing, the bike chain thing. I did like the choke out, though. That was a nice, funnier take. It wasn't flashy. It was just... It wasn't flashy. Stuff. I can appreciate the chippiness of it, especially yeah. in that division mm -hmm. with the, the Steelers and the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, they don't get along. <laughs> the weight... Pre I, mean, I don't like that Steelers. it comes at the expense of A.J. Green because he seems like one of yeah. the nicer dudes mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to like an Adam Jones or a Vontez Perfect <laughs> type. But, you know, we saw the Vikings do the leapfrog thing this week. Somebody played uh, Duck, Duck, Goose a couple weeks ago. That was also ago. the Vikings. The Lions at Rock'em Sock Robots. I would say of the teams this year that have done the sort of really elaborate or more creative ones, the Lions have been the best. The uh, 
Golden Tate had the amazing people's elbow elbow <laughs> drop on the good. football. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, another one I really liked this year was uh, the Packers doing the bobsled. <laughs> they did a bobsled. Um, the Lions also did a curling that's good. Yeah, I did see that. That was pretty good. But you're—I mean, you see so many, and I know the teams are just trying to. It's like a one-upsmanship game. They see it what is other this teams point. are doing. It's just you know, I don't want it to get out of hand or become, you know, just this sort of cheesy, overdone, almost fake. Like I want it to be fun and original and creative, but not something where it's like you know, it looks like you know, junior high right. d- well, dance. <laughs> the only things you can't do are twerk too much and. Pretend to urinate on the field. Apparently, I think we've gotten to that point. We know for sure that those two are not acceptable. <laughs> not acceptable. What did you think of the CFL one though, where they played limbo? The limbo, you know, that I was, was that that was a pretty good one. It was creative. Uh, I didn't know our, our our neighbors up north are taking you know heed in this and trying to join the fun. No, I mean they, you know, I think if it gets people to watch more Canadian football, why not? I don't know where this is headed. I don't know if this is going to last. Um, I don't know if they're going to get burned out. It's just going to—they're going to get burned out. It's going to become sort of you know, it's not going to—it's going to lose a little bit of its charm because now it's you know, it's a free for all. It is, and and I don't even remember the last like just straight individual celebration. It's all teams now, so something to think about. Well, I know you got your hands full there. I just want to bring that up. Um, (laughs) It's—I would say through you know ten weeks in this you know this new. Uh, celebration world we live in. Generally speaking, it's been good. So we got some big games this week coming up. Starting with a Thursday game, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Six and three, seven and two. Steelers are a touchdown favorite at home. I'm excited for this game for a lot of reasons. Maybe number one, being curious to see the uh, visual optics of this game. I was going to say, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, we saw it with the uh, the sky cam or spider cam with that Falcons Patriots game because of the fog. It was interesting. So. Uh, it could bring a new element. Um, that's another one, though, where I think you know, it's if we did it every game, it wouldn't be as cool. So, I know we're going to see it. Everyone's going to be tweeting their, you know, butt off about how awesome it is. But you know, is it something that we need to do every game? No, probably not. No, I, it's going to be different. And I'm all for trying things. If this is a disaster, just never doing it again. But for the game. This is a game that Pittsburgh has lost in the past. I know the Titans aren't the typical bad team, but the primetime Thursday night game at home, feeling pretty comfortable. I would be very cautious about the Steelers. For whatever reason, they start slow out of the gate, and they don't really pull away from these teams that they're favored over. So can Roethlisberger play well? Can they give him a heavy dose of love, Bell? Leading the league in rushing now, I don't know. I think if anything, you know, I'm a huge fan of Thursday night football. I'm probably biased. The call rush. I, I watch football for a living. Uh, but I know it's uh, taken a lot of heat over the last couple of years. And there are fewer things that get me more excited about than a, a heavy-duty Thursday night football <laughs> matchup. And that's what I think we have this week. Six and three Titans team, a seven and two Steelers team. I'm all for it. I'm hoping we get an, a, a great game. And like you said, the Steelers, this is one they could totally lose. At home, if they are slow out of the gate, the Titans have been playing better the last couple of weeks. They've won four in a row, uh, some close ones, some tight games. But if the Titans start putting it together, and if they can, uh, you know, come out strong out of the gate, this is not a, a a gimme by any means. No, it's not. I still think I... Pittsburgh is the far superior team, but this should be one of the better Thursday night matchups. We've it should. Seen. It should. And maybe the game of the week is that Rams Vikings game. I'm really looking forward to that game. There is a lot 
the pecking order is going to be filled out in this game. If it's a close game, I mean, no team's going to lose sleep and lose contention over it. But if one team pulls away from the other, if the Rams go into Minnesota on the road and, and dominate that team, then we really got to start reevaluating. I think we're going to learn questions. a lot about the Rams, probably a little more than the Vikings. If the Rams go in there and don't compete, if it's a one-sided match, the Vikings run away with it, that's going to bring up a lot of questions. A lot of questions, and not just about the Rams or the NFC West, but about the you know sort of the NFC as a whole, and knowing what we know about the Rams' offense, what they've been able to do this year. This is a fantastic test for them to go into a real tough place to play against one of the other, other NFC powers. The Vikings, I feel like, you know, they get a little more leeway. They're playing with Case Keenum, even though he's played really well. <laughs> uh, have to stop saying it's going to be like Alex Smith soon if he keeps. I know. Up. We're going to have to stop saying just uh, warning you. But I do think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Vikings coaching staff, particularly from the fans. Uh, and if Case Keenum struggles in any way, that they're going to be clamoring for Teddy Bridgewater. It's just too much of a... And, and who knows his ability at this point. He suffered a catastrophic knee injury. Uh, but that is going to be a fever pitch of people just clamoring for Teddy Bridgewater if Case Keenum struggles in any way. Well, I will caution every joyous newfound Rams fan, or maybe old Rams fans that you know have been here since you know pre-93 and are glad to have a good team again. When when Jared Goff and company faced a tough defense, maybe their only tough defense of the season, that Seattle game that did not go well. So can he rebound this time? This is the biggest challenge probably that he's faced since that game. So no, this is sort of you know a, a prove it. Yeah, game. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to throw because that Viking defense is probably gonna limit Gurley. So, we'll see. The primetime games, though, the Monday night, Sunday night game, or the other games that really have our, our our eye this week, starting with Dallas and Philly on Sunday night, Atlanta at Seattle on Monday night. I think Dallas has a chance to beat the Eagles. Now I know the Eagles are rolling; they're coming off a bye, no Zeke Elliott, but this is a rivalry game. It's in Big D. And one of these teams has a lot more to play for than the other. Um, no, it wouldn't uh, surprise me either way the, to see the, the Cowboys win or lose this game. I think they could definitely win it. Like you said, it's at home. It's a primetime game. It's a rivalry game. And it's a huge, you know, we're in week 11. This is where you have to start making moves. The Cowboys definitely still in play for a wild card spot. They have to <laughs> come out strong here if they yeah. want to make the playoffs. The loss here is critical. Regardless of the opponent, just so happens to be probably you know their most heated rival, especially recently, just with the Eagles. You know they've had some success, a little bit of success, but I think there's plenty that you can learn about the the Eagles too here. I mean, this is a real, this is another great test for. Basically, they've been the you know the best team in the NFL through ten weeks. Right. It's uh, I don't know what Sean Lee's status is. Huge important player for that team. Yep. You know, he got injured last game. Can they shore up that line because the Eagles' pass rush is coming? You know it. You know if it I'm is. an Eagles defensive lineman, after watching that Falcons game, <laughs> just salivating, man, licking my chops. Right and now. lastly, I think this is it. I think we can be in agreement here. The Falcons bounce back this week against the Seahawks. Now I shouldn't say bounce back because they beat the Cowboys, but this is where they really kick it into high gear and make it's their another, push. Again, it's another team that's probably going to be playing for. A wild card spot that needs it, and I just like this matchup. Even if Sherman was playing, I think the Falcons give the Seahawks the most problems of any team in football. We saw it last year in the playoff game <clears throat> when they're on, when their passing attack is on. 
you know, they're spreading it out in the, the Legion of Boom, and that defense isn't able to key on anybody. I know no Freeman, but Tevin Coleman's probably the best backup running back in the league, or, or 1A, 1B. I do think it's tough for East Coast teams to play in primetime on the total opposite side of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more of a struggle when a team on the West Coast has to go East, but still, there's always something about that that long distance uh, that you know always seems to... I don't know. It's like we see these teams struggle. Uh, except the uh, Saints going into Buffalo and just absolutely steamrolling. I know that's <laughs> yeah. not an East Coast to West Coast so thing, but that's still, play. you know. But no, you're right. This is a, for the Falcons, if they're going to get it in gear, it it starts here. I don't know if I see that oh, happening. Okay. I don't know. I just, not here. With the Panthers, though, I mean, winning and having a bye, this would be a big setback for the Falcons. Oh, a huge setback. Absolutely. Still like their chances. Sales line, not great. Falcons pass rush. <laughs> Adrian Claiborne, I mean, it's Adrian not Claiborne, be as easy. Uh, retired. <laughs> he should. There's never, never play another go out on top. George Costanza, I like it. <laughs> I mean, why keep going? You got a $750,000 bonus. Incredible. In one game. Why play? Why keep playing? Well, Matt, this is fun. Appreciate you coming on. Any any parting words for, for NFL fans out there getting ready for the stretch run? Uh, no, just, you know, it's it's. I know uh, it's been a little bit of a weird season. From you know the injuries, the, the whole anthem situation mm-hmm. is you know has been a, a bit of a distraction as as a whole. You know, I think the the most disappointing thing so far has probably been the Deshaun Watson injury, right? Uh, and that that really, uh, I mean, let's not you know we don't need to sugarcoat it. Sucked. Mm. You know that was one of the great stories in a team. Talk about a team going from could make a run. To just listless and God, it really goes to show you the the drop off from Deshaun Watson to Tom Savage. Just how important <laughs> it is to have that guy, and that's why I go to the, yeah. you know go back to the Browns, just figure out quarterback, and then go from there. Spend well, every pick on a QB, but you know we got six weeks left of the regular season. It should be interesting. Uh, I lo- and I, I'm happy to see some uh, some new new names in the Rams, the Eagles, Titans. I'm excited too. Yeah, who, who would have thought? Well, I'm excited too. A lot of drama on the field. A lot of drama off the field. We'll see if Jerry Jones sues the league. <laughs> Stay tuned is what the moral of the story is. But this has been a, an interesting NFL season. Still a very fun one. Six weeks left. And then we get that playoff push. So got to look forward to that. But Matt Zickas, thanks for joining the show. It, it won't be as long of a break until the next time you're on. I think I'll be back. Do that. Uh, yeah, I'm just, you know. You just you know how to you know how to get a hold of me. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> All right, thanks again, man. Thank you. All right, huge thanks to Matt Zickis for popping on today's show. Appreciate him coming by. It will be much sooner until he comes back. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to the Money Mitch Effect, where every episode can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search the show Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. Leave a review, subscribe, rate us. Hopefully good. We're five-star men here. But uh, please, you know, any viewer, any listener is greatly appreciated. So thank you for doing just that. Thanks to Tim Adams for the beats, Brian Nelson for the logo. It's going to be one more show this week. we got to talk college football. The playoff ranking is out. Alabama and Clemson, Miami, and Oklahoma getting in those order, in that order, is what the playoff ranking is. Wisconsin and Auburn. Auburn with two losses. Just 
two spots out there. We're going to talk some hockey as well. The Tampa Bay Lightning are soaring through the season, so we'll discuss them and more. Uh, yeah, don't really beat up on 19-year-old rookies if you're in the NBA and get my respect. That's just uh, another thing. You know, don't want to punk on NBA rookies. But in all seriousness, thanks to everybody for listening to today's show. I am Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep watching and keep enjoying sports.